At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hi, everybody, and welcome in. This is Betting Across America. We are presented by BetMGM as we get ready for NFL Sunday, wild card weekend kicking off here in just about an hour. We welcome you to our coverage. I'm Ben Wilson from our South Point studios here in Las Vegas. So pleased to be joined by the former. Colorado Buffalo national champion, NFL alum. That's right. Player three playoff games in the NFL. <laughs> Mike Pritchard, how you doing, Mike? I'm you doing ready? great. How are you, Ben? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, looking forward to the day. Looking forward to the show with you today. Uh, off the action we saw yesterday, last night, uh, incredible start to the weekend in the playoffs. Got to hit different when you, when you wake up and it's uh... – it's an NFL Sunday. Um, you. you know what? You were, I, I know you were upright and early today. I way was. earlier than you needed to. I, that's right. That's right. Point spread Sunday had me uh, conditioned uh-huh. for a 3 o'clock oh, a.m. Sure. wake-up sure. call. But, uh, no, it was the excitement of this show for sure. But then also the excitement of the playoffs. I mean, like I said, I mean, we're building off of last weekend, the national championship on Monday. You know, we had that. And then you had uh, the build-up uh, last week of the regular season. And so here we go with uh, great games yesterday and great games anticipated for today as well. Yeah, we will get your thoughts here just in a moment on what we saw yesterday. I do need to set the stage very briefly, though, for what we do have coming up in an hour's time at the top of our next hour coming up in Tampa Bay, Philadelphia and Tampa, because, Mike, a lot of movement here in this line. Inactives have just come out, and uh, some surprises, some some not surprises. We did, remember, see both Gio Bernard, Levante David activated from IR yesterday. Those players are in for Tampa Bay today. We already knew that Ronald Jones and Cyril Grayson on the offense for the Buccaneers ruled out. Maybe the surprise, though, Sean Murphy Bunting, who has been in and out with injuries basically all year for Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay, but they were expecting to have him back. He was a limited participant in practice all week with a hamstring injury. Uh, He is inactive today. They do get Carlton Davis. They had two secondary guys questionable, Mike. One is in in Davis. One is out uh, in Murphy Bunting. While for the Eagles, you've got Nate Herbig, one of their studs in the offensive line, a right guard. He was questionable all all week. He is also out, uh, as well as Josh Schwett, their defensive end, who is is out as well. So some interesting inactives here as uh, as we see some late movement. Tampa Bay from eight down as low as seven, and it's still basically here between seven and seven and a half right now. Yeah, absolutely. I I think um, anticipated, though, in terms of a betting standpoint, for me anyway, because Tampa Bay's been banged up 
for the majority of the year. Uh, even the healthy players or the players that are designated to return, they're still not 100 percent. Yeah. Right. And, and really, a lot of players are not 100 percent at this time of the year. So uh, if you're looking at this game, you're still making a decision on the game. Was there enough time for the Buccaneers to adjust or has there been enough or will there be enough time for them to adjust without some of these key players? And then, in fact, too, keep in mind, if somebody goes down, I mean, think about the running back position right now for Tampa. That's compromised, in my opinion. Uh, Le'Veon Bell has not been with the team that long, and, and certainly uh, you think about uh, the fact that Fournette is one of those physical type of players that he's not going to be able to go. You mentioned hamstrings, too. That's, that brings in Evans, you know, with his situation, with the hamstring situation. So uh, I, I think when we – before the game, we think about injuries, we think about players, but I also try to think about the duration of the game and can a guy, can a key player last the full 60 minutes. It is a fascinating question to, to think about because, yeah. you know, it, it, look, it's the playoffs. It's, it's a different type of atmosphere, different mm -hmm. type of game, even though it is still your 60-minute uh, football game. And right now, if you like Tampa Bay, seeing in the market, you can get Buccaneers down to minus seven. That is the low mark they have been all week. And there are still some seven and a halfs out there. A lot of Eagles money coming in here on this Sunday. In a few minutes, we will go out to Raymond James Stadium. We've got a report from our guy, Evan Klosky, uh, who is a reporter there in Tampa Bay. He is going to join us here shortly. Uh, but before we get into all the, the craziness, Mike, of what we're going to see here over the next uh, nine plus hours, essentially, with a triple header of games on this wild card Sunday here in the NFL, do need to get your thoughts on what we saw yesterday because uh, the, the favorites reign supreme starting in Cincinnati, where Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals first playoff win since 1990. Amazing that they had not won a playoff game since, uh, what, your senior year at, at uh, Colorado. <laughs> Pretty when you, much. When, yeah. you, when you phrase it like that. But they come out, they cover all numbers from six and a half down to six, winning 26-19 uh, yesterday. Get it done against the Raiders in a game where the uh, the under does cash. I know those those total betters were sweating that final drive by, uh, by Derek Carr. And co, but in a game where you could, on one hand, you felt like Cincinnati could have easily won that game by 20 or more going away. Yet on the other hand, the Raiders had a number of opportunities to not just cover, but win that game outright for on, on, on the Bengals side of things where mm -hmm. so many questions for young teams like that coming in is always into the, into the playoffs. How will they handle a new atmosphere when you're a coach like Zach Taylor in your first playoff game, when you're a quarterback like Joe Burrow, you've never been there before. They certainly, don't you think to you, they answered those questions, but now the follow-up to that becomes, well, how do they you know, prepare for going on the road here in a playoff game going forward? And do they have enough consistency with how we saw them play 30 really good minutes of football mm -hmm. and then struggled for a quarter and, and had to hang on at the end? What, what would your confidence level be in Cincinnati now going forward after that win yesterday? My confidence is pretty high in, in Cincinnati, to be honest with you. I, I thought this team, for as young as they are, for the core group that they have in terms of the players, the playmakers on this team being all under 25, they, they showed a level of maturity. You know, uh, Burrow talked about there's nothing to do in Cincinnati. That's why we're not really worried about the COVID situation. And, uh, you know, people laughed at that. I didn't. I thought that this team was focused and showed maturity that we're not going to be out roaming around and looking for stuff to do. We're going to be focused on the season. Uh, and, and I think, too, when you're talk, talking about these players, these key players, all in their prime years, that spells to me that that could be a highly explosive situation. And so that's what we've seen. they got a good mix uh, of veteran players uh, as well as this youth of movement that they have right there. And then Zach Taylor pushing all the right buttons at the head coaching position, too. I'm highly confident because they're highly confident. Uh, and that's what the Bengals exude to me. Uh, and that played out, too, in that game. I mean, I, I think Derek Carr, like you mentioned, he's a guy that was second in the league with uh, six game-winning drives. 
And so as a better, you probably felt good about your situation, especially if you had him on a teaser. And, and certainly you're looking at the total, too, uh, if you tease that as well. But, uh, you know, Carr uh, could not come up with enough plays in the red zone. That's what happened to the Raiders. They could not play effective football or execute the way that they needed to uh, in the red zone. So I had I give a lot of credit to the Bengals. They had a great plan uh, defensively to soft zone coverages, making the Raiders execute in critical situations. And then on top of that, they made enough plays between Burrow and Chase to get the job done. I give you so much credit you, for those who don't know. I mean, it, what week five? You were we, you know, we do our weekly power ratings here at the network at mm -hmm. Beeson across all of our different shows. Weekday here on uh, Betting Across America, Mike. I think it was around week five, week six, and you were the first one to put Cincinnati in in your top five, top six AFC. Uh, basically, your your power rankings there in the AFC. So you've been a believer. It seems like you know since October, basically. Yeah, I have been. I mean, it's the team that is made up perfectly. Uh, you know, whether this is their year or next year, mm -hmm. like. I'll be interested on the future situations after the season for the Bengals, to be honest with you, uh, because they're tracking that way. I mean, again, having that much firepower, all under 25 on those contracts, they're in a great situation. They just need to add bits and pieces uh, to the mix here and, and strengthen that roster. Uh, but that quarterback, too, is special. Burrow, uh, that guy is incredible. Uh, I mean, the referee even fooled a referee. The referee thought he was going out of bounds when he threw that touchdown pass and uh, unfortunate about that whistle. Uh, but on the other side, too, the Raiders was a resilient football team all year long. But, you know, the penalty situation plagued them all year, too. That came back uh, and, and bit them a little bit in that game. And uh, then the lack of execution in the red zone. That's something that we highlight all the time uh, on the network anyway. At least I try to. That scoring is such a premium. Red zone efficiency has to be on par as well. That, that game yesterday for the Raiders, a microcosm of their 2021 season really I mean you think about a team that struggled with discipline all year mm -hmm. poor penalties in, in timely areas but in a box score where they out yard Cincinnati they out first down Cincinnati they out yard per play Cincinnati they and they had all the momentum in the, in the second half by by virtue of holding them to a couple of field goals they had been the worst red zone defense in the NFL Las Vegas giving up 81 percent of red zone drives for touchdowns mm -hmm. but at the end of the day and how many false starts to, to nuke drives when they uh, when they had you know possession into the into the red zone or areas around it? They had the Peyton Barber fluff oh. on a on a kickoff <laughs> return, costs them 38 yards, right. pins them inside their own five yard line. The question for for the Raiders, and it's the last question we'll kind of ask on them since their season is over, Mike. They feel kind of not, I I don't want to use the word stuck, but. They're going to be with Rich Bisacci will likely be that head coach going forward by virtue of, and you have to give him credit for as an interim coach with all that was going on off the field, going seven and five as an interim, leading that team to the playoffs in improbable fashion when they remember eight or nine to one to make the playoffs. Their mm -hmm. odds were at one point, but you're going to be with him, a guy with no head coaching experience and who is basically in a, in a patchwork job comes in. You are likely going to be with Derek Carr, who for his career, while he had a very nice stretch to end the season, has basically been a mid-tier NFL quarterback, a slightly above-average quarterback for most of his career. What's your outlook looking? You, know, you talk about the, the Bengals being a team that will be very intriguing to bet on in the futures market next year. Are the Raiders going to be a, a fade for you, considering they're not going to be starting fresh? It's probably going to be a lot of the same cast of characters coming in, and it had that smoke-and-mirrors-type feel here to the end of the year. Well, they have very few hi highlight players. Like, in, for instance, you mentioned Derek Carr. So Derek Carr, they're going to have to do an extension and I think if Derek Carr wants to re-up and extend his contract situation he's going to want a seat at the table for who's going to be the next head coach and he's already spoke up about Rich Bisaccia so I don't know if the Raiders are going to go on this exhausting search for the next head coach they got Mike Mayock as a GM already in place too Max Crosby is a guy you got to sign 
and, and so the elevation of the salary cap is going to help the Raiders for sure. I think the playoff run for the Raiders, too, and the situation that they're in right now in Vegas with the Super Bowl coming here in a few years, also Allegiant Stadium, uh, there's going to be an attraction for some free agents out there. So I, I, if the Raiders don't get crazy uh, and blow this thing up, which I don't think they're going to do, and if they hire Rich Bisaccia, I think the continuity aspect uh, can help the Raiders moving forward. It certainly seems like every, all the tea leaves are pointing towards that is going to be the case, what you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I'm also, you know, I'm thinking too, like, I'm sure if you, when you were a player, you would have loved Las Vegas as a free well, agent destination. Well, it's my home. As somebody who is from here. Right, that's right. So I, just, I, you know, it, I, is, it is Vegas. I could benefit for the fact that Vegas was my home. So when I was playing in the league, uh, I used this as my permanent address. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you played in Atlanta. You played in some good cities for, you know, extracurricular. Sure, activities. sure. You, you know, you did. But you were always a you know, very, very measured guy. <laughs> in his name, Mike Pritchard. He didn't uh, know me back then, though, man. Uh, I, <laughs> that is a good, that's a good way to say it. We're getting ready again, uh, about 50 minutes still kickoff here in Tampa Bay, and we're going to discuss that game more next. We'll go out to Raymond James Stadium. Evan Klosky going to join us, give us his report on site. Eagles and Bucks coming up next as we continue right here on Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back in. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Getting ready for kickoff here on Super Wild Card Weekend in the National Football League. Just about 45 minutes away from Tampa Bay, Eagles and Buccaneers. As we welcome you back, Ben Wilson with you from our South Point Sportsbook Studios. Joined by Mike Pritchard and we've got our next guest. We go out to Tampa Bay live from Raymond James Stadium. Our guy Evan Klosky standing by. You can get him on Twitter at Eklosky, WTSP Sports Director. Uh, they're covering the Buccaneers down in Tampa. Evan, I heard there was going to be crazy uh, rain, wind, all sorts of <laughs> things. Looks pretty balmy down there. What's the, what's the latest as you are obviously at the game here with our kickoff coming up here shortly. Yeah, entering the week, we thought this was going to be an ugly one. But, you know, what? all the rain was earlier this morning. I woke up at 6 o'clock to a tornado warning. We were all good. Um, but the winds are gusty. So it's going to be really hard to, to kick in this weather, uh, especially because the wind seems like it's a little bit unpredictable. I was out there for a little bit. Seems like it was moving in different directions. So that will be the only real weather concern. It's a beautiful day out. I mean, it really is football weather, uh, 60, sunny. 
and uh, just got to deal with the wind, which is something, um, you know, kickers don't love, but it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Well, well, we'll see for sure. I think from a betting perspective, I think betters were interested in about the news about Leonard Fournette. Uh, Evan, what can you tell us about the running back situation with Tampa Bay? I mean, Le'Veon Bell hasn't been with this team that long. How comfortable do you think they will be? Yeah, so they've been living with that Leonard Fournette for a little while now. Obviously, they're going to have to deal with him for another week, without him for another week. So uh, that's a tough blow considering that Ronald Jones is also out. So Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be your, your running back one today with Giovanni Bernard, who has returned. Uh, he's going to help, especially on third downs and a two-minute drill. And then you also have Le'Veon Bell, who they have been using there in the receiving game. And uh, he sprinkled in a lot more time in week 18 and has been showing some things. So I imagine you're going to get uh, a pretty even snap share between Keyshawn Vaughn, Le'Veon Bell, and Giovanni Bernard. But what what this means for betters is I believe you should go over on a Tom Brady completion. I, I think they're going to utilize running backs out of the backfield more so for dump downs, for little gains here and there versus actually traditional runs. So what I think you're going to see is Tom working underneath a lot more than usual to, to pick up three or four yards and get the offense in a rhythm that way versus running a guy like Rojo or, or Leonard Fournette, you know, north and south to try and pick up those yards. And Evan, to your point, remember, first meeting between these two teams, thinking just in general of how, how Philadelphia matched up with Tampa Bay. Brady, 42 attempts in that game, threw for less than 300 yards. A lot of dump downs, a lot of check downs to do his receivers. Philadelphia, a defense that wants to make you play that way. So I think you make a really good point uh, on that today. Uh, and speaking of, I mean, you think about Tampa Bay on the, uh, on the offensive side, you mentioning the personnel and what we'll expect to see out of the backfield. You shift to the defense here for Tampa Bay's talking about injuries. Uh, and we, we noted earlier in the show here with the inactives just coming out about a half hour ago where Sean Murphy Bunting, who was a limited participant in practice all week, on the inactive list, so they will not have his services, one of their top DBs, but they will uh, get back Carlton Davis, who is another questionable guy coming in, game time decision. He is good to go. We know about Levante David, of course, as well, being activated off IR uh, here yesterday. So from the personnel standpoint in the secondary, against a, an, a unique offense to prepare for in Philadelphia that has mm -hmm. turned into one of the more run-aggressive offensive teams here down the stretch led by Jalen Hurts, at quarterback. What should we expect personnel-wise in that uh, defensive linebacker and secondary quarterback? here for the Bucks today. Yeah, I, I think the, the Buccaneers defense is actually going to be the strength of this squad today. I, I think that they've been faltering a little bit in the rushing defense, which is a surprise for a team that is ranked third in the National Football League against a run. If you go to their bye week uh, in week 10, since then, they, they've kind of been middle of the pack, giving up around 105 yards per game. So, so that is that's been a little bit of a leaky situation, but getting Levante David back, assuming that he's fully healthy and can be the Levante David we, we know and love here, then, um, then that's huge. I mean, monstrous, not just for the defense as a whole, but for that rushing defense, the, the, the stout team up front. So I really do believe that with Levante back, not to mention uh, they're also going to have Carlton Davis. The first time around, they didn't have Levante David, Carlton Davis, or Sean Murphy bunting, and they still held the Eagles to, to season lows in some categories. So they are pretty much at full strength on the defensive side of the ball, and that's going to be a problem for the Eagles because when they do not pick up those chunk plays on the ground, then it's going to force Jalen Hurts to have to create. And as we saw there in that Week 6 matchup, you know, with Shaq Barrett and JPP back for this contest, they're fast enough to keep them contained and for – 
the Eagles to run into those minus 10 plays, those those drive killers that are going to force them to punch. So, uh, you know, I tend to believe now that we know that Levante David is playing, that this is a really, really strong matchup for the Bucks against the Eagles. Evan, you led me right into my next question in terms of the defense and, and uh, particular players like Shaq Barrett. I, I know he gets after the pass here. But from a health standpoint, because the Eagles have evolved their rushing attack, they want to get to the perimeter sometimes and uh, and certainly extend the running game that way. And I, I think JPP uh, and Shaq Barrett is going to have to play a great game. They're, they're essential in terms of stopping a run uh, as well as Vea in the middle. But uh, in terms of their health, though, overall health, can they last the full game, the 60-minute game today? You know, that. It's a good question. I think JPP has been on a limited snap count for, for a good chunk of time. And then, honestly, they sh- you know, Bruce Arians told us they just shut him down. He, he's dealing with a torn labrum. This guy is a monster. He, sh- he really should be out for the season, but somehow he can gut through the pain. And um, he is he's tremendous. But, you know, JPP is not going to be out there for, you know, 80-some-odd snaps. They'll allow the, they'll bring Joe Tryon Shoyinka there on third downs to make sure he can rush after the passer, uh, a really talented rookie. But when it comes down to first and second down, I believe that JPP is going to hold off well. His legs are just fine. So containment is actually something that will work really well for him. Hey, JPP, I don't need you to get sacks. I just need you to use your speed and contain. Shaq Barrett, we don't necessarily know what we're getting out of that leg injury. He's going to, he was wearing a brace all week in practice. So I don't know how healthy he's going to be. But again, uh, even an 80% Shaq Barrett is still pretty darn good. And not to mention the Bucks still have Devin White, who can be, you know, a heat-seeking missile out there and just keep his eyes and keys onto Jalen Hurts. And when you tell Devin White an assignment like that, he usually rises to the occasion. He was someone who did impress in that Week 6 game. Again, Evan Klosky joining us here on Betting Across America. Give him a follow at E. Klosky, WTSP, sports director down there at uh, 10 Tampa Bay. Last question for you, Evan, and then we'll, uh, we'll let you go here, get back to your pregame coverage. And, and uh, by the way, I just up- update our lines here. We're basically down to minus 7 at all of our Nevada jurisdictions. One seven and a half still out there. Your total 47, 47 and a half. Not surprising, especially with you giving us that weather report, Evan, that we are now seeing some buyback here to the over. Remember, this was as high as 49 before that initial weather report came out. Big betting down to about 46, 45 and a half. We're now back up to 47, 47 and a half. As it does appear that the wind will be a little bit lighter in more of that 15 mile an hour range as opposed to 25 mile an hour. And we're not going to have much, if any, rain at all. It was all uh, earlier uh, today here. But I, I think, too, about you, know, you were talking about, we've talked, obviously, personnel here on both sides of the ball. I, I just can't help but wonder on the Philadelphia side with their offense. You think about how Tampa Bay allowed the third fewest yards per game rushing to opposing teams. And that's largely been because teams just are not running against Tampa Bay. They've, they've faced the fewest rush attempts per game of any team. But as, as you kind of touched on, success rate, it's fallen off a little bit. Basically mid-tier, 15th in the league in success rate per run play on defense since week nine here. is When you've kind of gotten the, the feel here of practice this week and thinking about the potential game plan Tampa Bay will be, will be facing today, is there a scenario? where you see Philadelphia saying, screw it, let's just, our strength is running the ball. Let's just see what we got and try to pound it down Tampa Bay's throats and really find out firsthand if that is a true weakness that we can exploit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's exactly what the, the Eagles are going to try to do. See, that week six matchup is actually a perfect example of how the first half of the year kind of went against Tampa Bay. Teams just elected not to run on them. I mean, go back to the Indianapolis Colts game. That comes to mind where they just decided not to use Jonathan Taylor. And then at the end of the game, we're like, oh, yeah, let's run the ball again. Let's try that. And the thing is, Tampa Bay 
they start weaning off of their keys in the, the rushing game because they realize you're not trying it anymore, and then they protect against the pass, which is why in that Eagles game the first time around, they started finding success. I mean, Tampa Bay was crushing Philadelphia in that game, and then the second half, the Eagles got motoring, and that's because they sort of pivoted from what they entered the day doing. And I think that's really been the – the method against Tampa Bay is that teams come in with a game plan, they get scared, tentative, they run away from it a little bit, no pun intended, and then they catch themselves in trouble to where they circle back to it, and then they start finding success because Tampa Bay has now transitioned into what right. you're doing. So, you know, A, this leads me to believe that Tampa Bay might be a, a good play to start and, and you know, spread first half, whatever it might be. Um, second, you know, I, I tend to believe that Bucks are just, they're still a better team, um, and especially when it comes down to what they have up front. So, yeah, I'm very interested to see what the Eagles do and if that, that rushing attack can really sustain itself against the Buccaneers. But I still tend, and I'm not a guy who's, who's biased, I swear, but Levante David, him coming back, I think, is the key, and that's why I do tend towards uh, the Bucks and an under, personally. Yeah, and we're at uh, four and a half is our yep. first half line as well, by the way, if you're interested on in that. You've, you've gotten used to quite the uh, <laughs> quite the big events there in Tampa Bay. Been quite a couple of years stretch uh, for you, and we appreciate you giving us uh, some time here. So and, and certainly enjoy the game, Evan. Thank you, as always, for hopping on for a few minutes. And uh, we'll, we will certainly see uh, what happens today. But thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, Mike, as, as Evan was discussing that, yes. Jimmy Vaccaro here walks in South Point. Sportsbook Studio. Mm-hmm. Little $55,000 ticket coming in on Tampa Bay minus seven. That's it? <laughs> okay. Only. Well, only. Well, no, I mean, only. I, I saw a few uh, backpacks and, oh, yeah. and, yeah, so normally Backpack. there's a lot of cash in those backpacks. Well, we're going to get the action down at Circa next. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year. So don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit VSIN.com slash big deal to sign up today. As we're back, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Ben Wilson with you from our South Point Sportsbook Studios, joined by Mike Pritchard, player of three NFL playoff games, who was very excited. He was up at three this morning. That's right. He's told me multiple times, getting ready for the the games today. I'm not sure. I think these guys were, I don't know if they were awake at three, or they probably were still up from the night before. I'm not totally sure, but we go out to our Circus Sportsbook Studios, where we do have Mike Palm, Derek Stevens, standing by. Derek, I feel like I just saw you a matter of uh, of hours ago, and I was over at uh, Circa last night. As you guys prepare for Wild Card Card Sunday, Mike, I understand you were cutting out some checks, too, Friday night. That had to have been, uh, had had to make you feel pretty, pretty important, pretty special with the Circa Millions and Survivors payouts, right? Well, you know, it's it's quite a thing. Derek made six new millionaires between the, the winner of the millions three and the five guys that made it all the way through Survivor. So I think that's sort of what he envisioned when he brought the Survivor contest to America and we started building these football contests three years ago. Yeah, it was quite a night. It's definitely the high point of the season for us. I tell you what, I, I look at the uh, check presentation and it brought me back to when I got drafted uh, first round. I, that was my signing bonus, which you guys were passing out. You passed out six signing bonuses right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was there. a great night. Uh, we really wanted to uh, 
we really wanted to celebrate these winners, and uh, we got lucky because we had some some uh, some of the entrants that had uh, such great crews, and uh, they spent uh, well anywhere from ten days to a couple days to ten days with us, and uh, we uh, we just got fortunate. We had some great winners. It was just, it was terrific to be able to hand out checks to these guys. Yeah, certainly so. Yeah, well, with the millions in Survivor wrapping up now, look, we really get on to uh, to the real meat here of the NFL season, which is the playoffs. For, just from the the handle perspective, because we always we all obviously know Super Bowl going to be the the largest handle of any sporting event all year. But for your average, let's say wild card weekend playoff game, how does that compare? Let's just say to you know like a World Series Game Seven or, or an NBA Finals uh, type type thing. I mean, is it is it larger than that? I would certainly. I think it's in that uh, that ballpark, certainly so, with the game, say, like Philadelphia and Tampa here coming up. Well, the three games today, Ben, will write more than we do on, you know, 11 games on a regular NFL Sunday. I mean, if that gives you any any yeah. shot at the magnitude of it. Right now, normally on a Sunday, we'd be sitting around a million and a half, two million in right, and get to about six. I mean, we're we're almost at five already just on on these three games today. And, you know, we'll only get more, especially with that Dallas San Francisco game being that the middle game in the window, we're going to take a ton more action on that game with that number sitting at a solid three. So, yeah, I mean the ma- the magnitude of these these games and this wild card weekend is truly is truly. I t- I told Derek yesterday it's Easter Sunday. This weekend's Easter Sunday, and this is what you built the church for. Yeah, absolutely. We're a matter of moments from the kickoff of that first game. Certainly, Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. I mean, what are you guys seeing? What are you, see, what are you noticing in terms of this matchup? Because of the fact you got Tom Brady, uh, and a lot of betters don't want to bet against him. The numbers come down, though, uh, anticipating the Eagles might have a chance to get inside that number. Well, you know, right now, uh, Pritch, uh, I can tell you the house, uh, the house needs the Bucks. The house uh, needs uh, needs a, needs a showing from Tom Brady because. They've been betting the Eagles pretty hard. This started yesterday. Um, we've got uh, we've got a handful of teasers and parlays co- correlated to uh, the Eagles plus eight, um, even some Eagles plus eight and a half from earlier in the week. But it's been nonstop Eagles money. So the fact that we had to move it down to a seven, the fact that the market moved down to a seven is is really something. Uh, certainly, if we get buyback in the next few minutes, I, I can certainly say that. Uh, for circus sports, as well as I would assume most sports books, you're not going to want the the Bucks to win by seven or eight. It's going to be a bad, bad number because this is this is a setup for a very, very big middle. Pritch, I find it really funny. Yet, you know, yesterday we come off where both favorites win and cover mm-hmm. the Bills very easily, and yet today we're going to need all three do- all three favorites. I mean, we yeah. we <laughs> I, I keep waiting for the Dallas money, um, but we need the Cowboys. Um, as Derek said, we definitely need the Bucks. That's even a bigger decision right now, of course, closer to kick. And then there's very little action around 12 and a half or 13 or 12 in the, in the, in the Sunday night game. But it's in a lot of different teasers both ways. It's in halftime bets. Moneyline, we've taken some significant bets on the money line on the Steelers. We definitely Ooh. want the Chiefs to win this game. We get hurt pretty bad if the Steelers should pull the upset. That is uh, that's interesting. Now that mm-hmm. uh, that you mentioned, I was going to point out uh, Jimmy Vaccaro here is is uh, kind of off camera here, standing in our studio right now. He just walked in two separate bets totaling uh, eighty eight thousand on Buccaneers minus seven. So maybe guys, they're on the on the I fit. Maybe they're driving up to Circa right now. You know, it's about a twenty minute drive. So so I don't, so don't panic yet, guys. There, there might be some buck money coming your way. At least it it is here at the South Point. They just went back up to uh, seven and a half. So so I don't know. Maybe I'll have hey, Jimmy ben, get I'll tell those you what, the, that, that's that's a great point. But the point you're making is a point that I think is very important for anybody listening. Every sports book is going to be a little bit different. That's why you right. need to have multiple outs. You got to be able to shop a little bit. 
you have to have at least two outs, if not three. And this is a perfect scenario why you need to have a couple of different uh, a, a couple of different outs on your phone. Yeah, we always talk. Be a better, better, Mike. That's right. You, that's yeah, that's just creep. <laughs> yeah, right there. I, I think too. You know, you mentioned the, waiting for that Dallas money. Assuming it does come without, you know, how public a team it is. And Mike, is this a, a scenario where you have potentially like a dream, you know, dream outfit when you're a bookmaker, where you've got two of the more public teams in the National Football League, two historic franchises like this, your your marquee, you know, the late Sunday afternoon window game. CBS feels like we're going back to you know, 91-92 with the old Pat Summerall, John Madden uh, broadcast crews with this game here later today. With a game on three, is this, is this one of those scenarios that under normal circumstances would draw the most two-way handle of any potential game that you could ask for? Yeah, I mean, this is the dream matchup of the weekend in terms of public teams uh, and, and harkens back to those early 90s where the game really decided who was going to be in the Super Bowl uh, from the NFC. It's funny you mention. You know, some are all in Madden. I, I wish Trumpy and Cricky were still around having to listen to Tarico and Breeze yesterday. Boy, did NBC <laughs> botch the coverage of that game. That, that was inexcusable. I mean, they were like missed the whole game, the two guys calling the game, and then very little from McCauley. I wanted to ask Pritch. Pritch, were you ever involved in a game, whether it was at the college or the pro level, where there was a whistle in the middle of the play, and how was it handled? You know what? I don't recall being involved in a game like that uh, where the whistle is blown uh, and clearly the players heard it. Uh, and then they glossed over it, though, Mike uh, and Derek. They glossed over it as if it didn't happen. Uh, and so I remember the uh, beginning of the year we talked about officiating and the headsets, too. I, I mm. thought they were going to go to New York. I thought they were going to implement New York. And I think as betters, uh, we're actually looking for that, too, to make sure that they get the uh, plays right uh, or the calls right on the field. You know, it, it was funny because then Walt Anderson, who's the head of officials right now, used to be an, a referee in the league a long time, in the post game said that on the field, Boger's crew determined that the whistle came after the catch was made. If the whistle came after the catch, then why did Burrow immediately go to the side judge complaining? I mean, he heard it too. The side judge wrongly anticipated that Burrow was stepping out of bounds and blew his whistle when he wasn't out of bounds. And then McCauley comes on and they give him 10 seconds to explain by rule that should have been a replay of the down. Mm -hmm. And they didn't go any further into it. It's, it's ridiculous. And here's another thing that comes out. The, in, in New York, will not listen to sound in doing any reviews. Sound is not a part of a review. So maybe that's a change that happens next year with the competition committee. You have to, have to think. So, I mean, the closest thing, uh, Mike, I can, I can think to as far as a play like that. Remember the Ed Hockley game, 2008 week two, I want to say, Chargers-Broncos. Jay Cutler was quarterback for the Broncos. He, he blew his whistle in the middle of a play when he thought it was a, he basically thought it was an incomplete pass. Instead, it was a fumble. Broncos would have recovered, re recovered and won the game, but they had to blow the play dead. Remember, Hockey League got like death threats after that game. Chargers, and I think the Broncos ended up winning, or I should say the Chargers were going to recover the fumble and win the game. That's the closest thing I can think of. And we remember uh, the, just the storm that came after the officials after that, Mike, I almost wonder like if, I don't know if, you know what, what you think, but like on the field, if the refs, like they, I'm sure they had to have known what happened. Cause like you said, I mean, we could all hear the whistle as that ball was being thrown into the end zone. I'm sure those, like if they had to, if Jerome Boger had to say, yeah, we had a whistle, we had to blow the play dead in a playoff game like that with so much at stake. I mean, imagine the backlash. And when you think about what happened with Ed Hockley, you know, t uh, 12, 13 years ago. Well, the, the reports come out now, Bogar and his crew, will not get any further assignments in the playoffs. I read a report from a guy, a guy that covers these officials, and they were they were predicting who was going to get the Super Bowl this year. There were six different guys. Two guys actually predicted Bogar was going to get the Super Bowl this year. Uh -huh. I couldn't believe it, but I'll tell you this. Parenti's retiring, Rich. <laughs> 
Tony Corinti. I think he'll get a wild card game as a send off here. And I bet you he says, hold my beer. Let's see what Corinti's crew oh, can boy. do to top Bogar. Yeah. Yes. The, the great point. The, too, one by the, for, the one for the road game. Yes. Uh, Tony Corinti. I'm sure for, uh, I'm sure for you, Derek, as somebody who would have liked to have seen the Raiders cover uh, and, and win that game outright yesterday, that it was not the greatest uh, thing to have, uh, to have happened, at least from your, your results, uh, your results yesterday, at least from when I talked to you uh, last night. Yeah, no, I mean, we needed Raiders. I mean, the game, uh, that get, that that last uh, last couple of plays, and then back to the game, the total, the money line, everything, and, uh, yeah, that wasn't optimal. Uh, people fired away. As Mike said, the handle was tremendous yesterday. It's going to be great today. Uh, and, you know, when you start off on Wild Card Weekend and uh, and uh, didn't work work out for the Bucks, you know uh, you know it's going to fire things up the rest of the night. And uh, also for those of you uh, listening, we had Mike Paul mention uh, Tony Carrenti, minus 300 ticket. That cashes uh, with about a minute to spare. So, gentlemen, always a pleasure having you guys on. Thanks so much, Derek Stevens and Mike Paul. We'll come back, get our final look, preview, Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, coming up next here on Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Mike Palm, who is uh, one of our last guests with Derek Stevens, he is frequently on the Beating the Book podcast with Gil Alexander, Weekly Megapod, which you can hear there on Thursdays as we welcome you back from our South Point Sportsbook Studios in Las Vegas. Ben Wilson with you as we're moments away from kickoff in Tampa Bay. Eagles and Bucks. Welcome back in as well. Mike Pritchard, former standout in the National Football League wide receiver who hosts this show, betting across America during the week. I hear from 3 to 4 Eastern time. And, uh, Mike, we're looking at this final line movement here. We'll get your final thoughts on the game. Any, anything we're interested in getting a play in or, or what we'll be looking at here for in-game because we'll be with you here for the first two hours of the game. We'll be looking at all the in-game angles potentially, which I would argue with these NFL lines being as tight as they are now for the postseason especially. In-game is probably the best way to look at, at these playoff games as a whole. From the standpoint that we're we're seeing these lines just get whittled down to such a a hard spot to find any edge in at all, and you look at it now, we're back to seven and a half at a couple shops. But any seven and a halfs right now, I'm seeing Mike in the market are juiced uh, to pretty heavily, with the exception of the South Point, which 
for those who don't know, they do everything at minus 110 juice both ways. So if you want Philadelphia, best shop you can come to is, uh, is you know, give us a visit in the next uh, 14 minutes. Seven and a half on Philadelphia there, but the other seven and a half is heavily juiced to the Philly side. Any of the sevens out there, which there is still a seven on Tampa Bay at Circa, just uh, down the street in Las Vegas where we just were at with Mike and Derek, that is a seven with juice on the Tampa Bay side, and your total 47. There's a couple books now going up here uh, to 47 and a half. Element of this we haven't really talked about. I know, Mike, there's so many concerns about, okay, like you have this Tampa Bay team, they've been banged up all year. Maybe they're not as strong as the defending champ type team we saw in their playoff run a year ago. At the end of the day, though, I mean, you know this from experience. You've got a rookie head coach in Nick Sirianni mm-hmm. going to South Florida, a second-year quarterback, and basically a first-year full starter in Jalen Hurts in his first career playoff start. They're going into Tampa, a place where, with the exception of their 9 nothing Sunday night football home loss to the Saints, Tampa has destroyed everybody in their path who has come to Raymond James Stadium this year. That was one of their two non-covers, the only other one of a non-cover being that week one opener against Dallas. When you're asking yourself, can Philadelphia cover and win the football game, can a a team with so little experience, with a a rookie head coach and a quarterback who's not been in a game like this before, Mike, do those two in particular have the ability to lead this team in and not only cover but, but win the game? Because as we know... We've seen this now with those two games last night. 50 of the last 58 wildcard games, the team that has won the game has covered the spread outright. So if you're looking to just take the points with Philadelphia, you got to have at least some conviction that they can actually go in there and win the game, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the Eagles have confidence for sure. And I mean, that's what your question is about because we witnessed that last night with Cincinnati and that young team and a team that hasn't been in that position before. Even the head coach really has not been in that position before, but they did a great job managing the game and then also having a solid game plan talking about the Bengals. I, I would expect the Eagles to have a great game plan, too. Uh, we're talking about a first-time head coach, but yet uh, he's been a part of a culture uh, and being paired up with Frank Reich and, and all this. So the lineage, I think, helps that situation. Now, Jalen Hurts, he's limited as a passer. We know that. He's only had two 300-yard passing games all year long. They're not going to want to get into a shootout with the greatest of all time and Tom Brady. Uh, they're going to have to run the football, and so that's a toughness element that I think as a first-time head coach, first-time defense coordinator, uh, second-year offensive coordinator, you can convey that to the troops. Like, you can Mm -hmm, get that understood in the locker room. You can fire them up with the fact that let's go out there and be physical. Make them buckle up their chin strap, put air in their helmet, and get after it. So uh, that's going to get the Eagles started in the right direction, and it's going to boil down to execution uh, at the end of the day. Uh, Brady is the best at that. You had a chance to lay to seven. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily lay to seven and a half right now, but you had a chance to lay to seven uh, with the greatest of all time uh, for a brief moment there earlier. Right. A couple books still out there with with the, Mm -hmm. the juiced sevens. And I would argue, too, if you're thinking about, because so much of this as well, you're, you're thinking about, all right, what is the, the game flow? What is the most likely of outcomes for how this, this game particularly plays out? The one matchup we haven't really discussed, you have a Tampa Bay team, best in the NFL and offensive DVOA this year, best pass offense in the league this year, taking on a Philadelphia defense who do not blitz at all, 31st mm-hmm. in blitz rate, 25th in defensive DVOA, 25th against the pass, 25th against the pass on early downs. So like, there is a thought where if Jalen Hurts in this, and that's why I wanted to bring up the Hurts thing first, mm-hmm. because Mike, if Hurts and this Eagles offense look a little bit exposed or overmatched on the road here coming into Tampa Bay, this could easily be a bloodbath. And my thought on this is we heard earlier in the week, so many people teasing down Tampa Bay. Right. 
I would go the other way and say, if you've got conviction, if you think the, the offensive strengths of Tampa and maybe some of the inexperience are the two factors that end up superseding everything else in this game, you're actually better off just laying the full seven with Tampa Bay. To me right now, you're also getting some value since this was eight and a half earlier, down to seven, you're getting it at a key number. I would, at least for me, Mike, I would much rather just lay a full seven since you can still find those sevens right now with mm -hmm. Tampa Bay than I would teasing them down. Because to me, if anything goes wrong at all, if Tampa Bay looks squirrely at all out of the gates here, there's a legitimate chance that Philadelphia comes in and, and to me be a very live underdog in there right now, by the way, uh, three to one on, on the money line. So does that make sense that you think like my number one order of order of operation outcome here, most likely to me is Tampa Bay winning by more than seven covering our closing number. And number two, if they are not blowing out Philadelphia, to me, Philadelphia has just as good of a shot to go in there and win the game outright. Yeah, I think my limit would be seven laying at, uh, for Tampa Bay because uh, there's so many variables, though, in this one because uh, you don't have the usual suspects out there for Tom Brady. I mean, quarterbacks mm -hmm. like to be comfortable. Uh, the receiving core is decimated, really. They're down to Mike Evans, really, and some some guys that they picked up off the street uh, along the way. I know Scotty Miller's out there, too, but uh, as far as the rapport for Brady and comfort level for Brady, it's going to be Gronk. I'm assuming that the Eagles are going to have a plan for Gronk. I mean, if, if you can have one. I mean, you're going to have to neutralize that player if you can, for sure, and make it more difficult. I, I know you mentioned the blitz rate for the Eagles, too. So here's a chance where if you're the Eagles, you can change that. You can break tendencies. Yeah, mix it you up. can blitz more. Do something that's unexpected here because it's the playoffs. And for me, uh, from a game planning standpoint, as a player standpoint, that would fire me up too. Uh, the element of surprise and help us out as players out there, coaches. So I expect that to be on both sides of the ball, really, for the Eagles. That's why if I'm laying seven, I, I'd stop right there. I mean, I know there's seven and a half popping up. Yeah, we're back to seven at South Point, by the yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. On, on even juice. Uh, four, also, we're getting more money to the over late with the, with the clearing weather. We're up mm -hmm. to 48 at one shop, still 47 in some spots in the market. But you mentioned, too, the Mike Evans piece. We see the receiving props, 53 and a half. His receiving yardage prop. Take me back. Like, when you think about your, the playoff games you were in and, and you know, being, a, being a wide receiver mm -hmm. and, and no, also, you know, it wasn't like you had Tom Brady throwing you the ball. Not to, not to throw John yeah, Kittner under the bus. <laughs> well, but. we had some guys like Brett Favre, though, back in Atlanta. But he, well, he played at the end of the game. Yeah, he that's wasn't. That's true. That's true. That's that was true. that great game you lost by a million in RFK where Brett Favre was throwing you the ball. <laughs> right. Not in the not in the playoffs. <laughs> but, like, you think about, I mean, when you, let's, like, I don't know what the you know, scenarios were like as far as your wide receiver core then. But yeah. what is, just in general, though, what is the mentality when, like, you're a wide receiver and you were, you know, a top one or two guy most of your career on a lot of those teams. Mm -hmm. What is the mentality when you know as a wide receiver that you will get more attention and you know that a lot of your normal teammates are, are out or banged up? Well, first of all, like, okay, the number of plays, the volume of plays are still there for you, but the drives go down. Like, they decrease. Like, normally during a regular season, you're going to have about 11, maybe 12, 13 drives a game. Uh, now in the playoffs, it's going to be condensed. It's going to be more like eight, nine, if you can get 10 drives. So uh, the, the plays are essential. You have to execute. We all know that for sure. But I was looking at this game earlier, Ben, in terms of the weather and just remembering when we played Washington. And, and so we were a prolific passing team hoping that we could run the football. And if you're Tampa Bay, you know, you're a prolific passing team. But now with the weather clearing, uh, now you're not going to worry about, man, we have to run the football. So uh, I think the identity of Tampa Bay will emerge, which would make it difficult in this game uh, for the Eagles against Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think our, our long-winded two uh, approach here, we, we break down every angle, is to say, wait in-game. See, sure. see what we – because – uh, and especially, too, I think the, the important thing is betters to do when you look at in-game is you want to formulate in your head, all right, what am I looking for that would preclude me then you know, potentially making a bet or, or looking the other way? Uh, to me here, 
if we see Philadelphia come out and they est- and they're establishing the run right away mm-hmm. and they are showing uh, no no signs of being scared or or any any other thing and there's you know there's no hesitation on the Nick Sirianni Jalen Hurts front to attack the front four the front four front seven of that Tampa Bay defense that's a scenario where if I watch a couple drives Mike that's where I'd actually be inclined so you know what if if I'm still getting Philadelphia in the seven seven and a half range I'd be inclined to look at uh, at them in the, in the in game market if you're making me pick though. Like just the, the raw pick, I I do think Tampa Bay wins and covers this game at at uh, at the minus seven. Yeah, I'm looking That's for my bottom line pick. Yeah, I'm looking for uh, uh, wrinkles to begin this game too from Philly because you think about it, they did have that week off, uh, and so if you want to implement anything leading up to this playoff game against Tampa Bay, it would have been that week off with the starters, and then also the pre- uh, this week leading up into the game, you can add those wrinkles, which could slow down Tampa Bay a little bit. All right. It's amazing. We're moments to kick off. <laughs> That's right. You ready? You're, you're in the tunnel, yes. Fritz. You're about yes. to run out. Absolutely. Except just instead of a tunnel, we're, we're in this glass in <laughs> right. studio. Basically. Let's get it on. How about All right. that? So when we return, kickoff in Tampa Bay. We'll also look ahead to our two games still to come on the Sunday slate. Get Mike's thoughts on last night's beatdown in Buffalo as well. That is all still to come over the next two hours. NFL Wild Card Sunday here on Betting Across America. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 